The world is rapidly changing. Nations are perplexed at unprecedented events and conditions. They seek the truth. What about you? Stay tuned to the episode of The Cleaver of Truth to discover what is God's last message to the world. And now, join your host, Dr. Justin Erasmus and Miracle Chogogudza in their quest to find out what is the great cleaver of truth. Mr. Chogogudza, how are you Dr. doing, my brother? Doc- Dr. J. Erasmus. <laughs> Um, I'm doing well, no complaints. It's been a, a busy week, but God mm-hmm. has been good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I'm good. I'm happy. It's preparation day. It's Friday, day of mm-hmm. rest. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mr. Chukuguza. Um I, I can't complain. I'm really good. Is, um, is, is Chukuguza a common surname in Zim? Uh, no, it's not a common surname, actually. I think we... I'm not mistaken, we are the only Chogu Gutas. Um, wow! We got, we got the surname. <laughs> we got the surname mainly because um, our family, apparently, like when it was time of the war, they would run door to door and start knocking on people's doors to warn them that trouble is coming. So we were oh. like the watchmen of the village, if I should put it in oh, that wow. way. Wow! That's sure. then you get chokugudza, like kugudza is like knocking mm. on the door. Yeah. Wow. I like the sound of a chokugudza. Hey. <laughs> Sounds nice. I don't know if I told you about um about uh, this this one family in Zim. Uh, apparently or I know Lovemore is quite a common um, name in Zim. Yeah, I don't no, know if words, I told you but words as names are quite common yeah. in Zim. Mm. So the one family, the 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 eldest was um, they called him uh, Lovemore, and then mm. they had a couple of kids, and then um, you know how it is to have uh, people don't have so many kids in this day and age. So when it came to a certain point, um, they they sort of had enough, and they had um, a kid, and they called him um, No More. That that's it. <laughs> we done, and then. Uh, after that, uh, as they say in Afrikaans, there was perhaps a glipsy or something, or um, yeah. But then eventually they had another kid, and like, okay, we call you one, <laughs> one more. more. <laughs> 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 so yeah, just um, some interesting, uh, uh, some interest, interesting uh, things around the names. Um, it's quite interesting, especially the Zim name. So yeah. But okay, um, shall we begin? Will you please open for us with a word of prayer? All right, let's close our eyes. Gracious Divine Heavenly Father, we esteem it a great privilege, dear Father, to be able to be speaking about your name, dear Lord, as you're about to tackle the important truths, dear Father, that you have entrusted to us. Please help us, dear Father, to understand these truths, dear Father. Help us to speak in such a way, dear Father, that even children may understand what you have to say, dear Father. Please put your words in our mouths. May we not speak things of our own, but may we speak things from heaven. Hear my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, um, if you can just take a recap of last week. Basically, last week we spoke about the way God deals with his people and how he gives people 
a message and yeah so basically this today we'll be speaking about the message that God has given us almost 177 years ago yeah um so we'll be speaking about that the cleave of truth focusing on revelation 14 so we'll just introduce the book as a whole um, understand what is this great cleave of truth that we find in Revelation 14 specifically the verse 6 through 12 um, but if we look at where we are now in the world where we find ourselves in history we find ourselves in a condition where it's all confusion going around um, and if I can read a statement in Testimonies volume 9 page 11 says that the condition of things in the world shows that troubled troublous times are right upon us right now this mm. statement was written almost um, 100 years back right mm. and so I was saying that troublous times are upon us so now 100 years later we can say that troublous times are here right mm. they're not to come they're already here right it says that the daily papers are full of indications of a terrible conflict in the near future. We can see that conflict now. Mm. Bold robberies of, of frequent occurrence. Strikes are common. Thefts and murders, theft and murders are committed on every hand. Men possessed of demons are taking the lives of men, women and little children. Men have become infatuated with vice and every species of evil prevails. Now, mm. this was written 100 years back and the exact same thing that I just read is exactly what we're seeing in our world today. Um, mm. If we could just bring it into more light, we'll see that unrest is taking place all over the world, right? It's mm. in a state of confusion everywhere. There's no peace anywhere in the world um, if you look at South Africa specifically I can recall the major recent events that took place um, if you go to 2012 we had the Marikana um, mm. protest of the mine workers that wanted an increase of their wages and they were brutally killed right mm. and then we have the fees must fall of students that were striking mm. Um, I remember the, once I was yeah. um, I, during those uh, those campaigns. I was once locked inside a cafeteria mm. because the 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 protest was so it it was crazy. Yeah, hey. sort of we were we were almost mobbed, so to say, banging mm. on the door trying to break through. Yeah, it was crazy times. Wow. wow, and it was just basically because the the fees was being increased. And students didn't have enough money to pay for school fees. Um, and then coming recently, um, I think it, it, it was 2021, eh, where we've seen men literally <laughs> breaking into malls, breaking into shops, mm. live, broad daylight. It was the looting phase that took place earlier this year. It feels like last year. Events are moving so quick, come and keep up. But mm. we've seen like the state that... Ellen White just um, said the world will be in, we're seeing it. It says that strikes are common. Theft and murders are 
committed on every hand. So we're seeing these things today. And then last year we've seen um, the Black Lives Matter movement. That movement went global, right? It did mm. not just end up in America. It went all over the world. So it was quite a big movement because um, the police had brutally killed an innocent man, innocent, innocent black man to be specific. So like, so we're just seeing like small things spike up the biggest protests and mm. people are looking for justice and in their quest for justice, it's putting the world in a state of confusion, right? Mm. And then on the Absolutely. other side, yeah, and then on the other side, we're seeing the gay rights and marriage movement. So they are fighting really hard for them to be recognized in society as normal mm. human beings. Mm. And then abortions, it's like abortions have become so common that it ceases to be sin anymore. Like it doesn't, people don't usually see what's wrong with abortion anymore. You mm. know, like the sixth commandment does not say thou shalt not kill. You know, the child, I think is is it beneath three months or a few weeks before the child is recognized as a child. I'm not mm. sure. But apparently there's a certain stage in the development of the child where you have the right to kill the child. Mm. Um, and then women and child abuse is, that's the talk of the day, you know. And wars and ethnic hatred abounds. If you look at Israel, Palestine, Afghanistan, like mm. the Middle East, I've never seen on news where there's been peace that side. It's always war and rumors of wars and unsettledness that side of the world. And all these things is exactly as it was prophesied in the Bible. You know, Matthew 24 from verse 4 through 9, it's exactly telling us the condition of the world today. You know, I always say if there was ever a time to believe in the Bible, it's now. It's now. Know? It's now. Because many people want one want proof of how real the Bible is. I challenge everyone, go look at Matthew 24, go look at Mark 13 and Luke 21 and open your eyes. And see. In fact, you don't even need the Bible. The state of the world alone can tell you that something great and stupendous is about to take place, you know. That the world is on a verge of, like something great is about to happen. Um, and then the, the major thing right now that we are stuck with or that we are facing as the whole human race is mm. the climate change crisis. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quite real. You know, no one can deny that the climate is changing. Um, we're seeing floods everywhere, literally everywhere is flooding. I think in the UK and in America right now, um, California, I'm not sure flooding um fires are breaking out like nobody's business everywhere um pestilences we are faced we're in the midst of a pandemic right now which has taken away so many lives you know like it has taken away so many lives and i've i've yes. often as well i've heard um sir david attenborough talking about um the polar bears um, having yeah. no ice for sustained periods of time. Mm. Uh, speaking about, you know, the the ice melting and water levels rising and yeah. um, 
yeah, it's quite a common um, narrative that you hear, mm. especially from say National Geographic and those those types of media. Yeah. So all these things they're undeniable. It's real. It's taking place. The Bible said these things will take place. Um, so it, it it seems like there's no hope for the world, you know, and. Because it seems like there's no hope, people are very vulnerable to believe what the higher powers are saying is the solution to such mm. an extent that people are ready to give up their freedom in order to sort these things out. Now, you should never be put in a place where you give up your freedom for a solution. Because once you give up your freedom, once you give up your conscience, then it's not safe. You know, um, it was mm. Martin Luther that said that to go against conscience is, is neither safe nor right. Mm. So you cannot mm. be placed in a corner where they tell you, give us your freedom and we'll give you a solution. Mm-hmm. That is not right. Mm. We are told in the book, Great Controversy, page 589, paragraph 3, it says that while appearing to the children of men as a great physician who can heal all their maladies, he will bring disease and disaster until populous cities are reduced to ruin and desolation. Now, this is Satan they're speaking of here. She says, even now he's at work in accidents and calamities by sea and by land, in great conflagrations, conflagrations of fires, in Mm. fierce tornadoes, in terrific hailstorms, in tempests, flood, cyclones, tidal waves and earthquakes, in every place and in a thousand forms. Satan is exercising his power. So we're seeing that the prophet is telling us that Satan is the one that's causing all these things. Now, we often don't like to give power to Satan, but we need to recognize that Satan is a fallen being. And when Satan was cast out of heaven, he wasn't, his power wasn't taken away. You know, he came down with all his power. So he, he has much, um, he's very much involved in everything that we're seeing taking place in our world, as far as God allows him to. Uh, Mm. If I just finish the statement, it says that he sweeps away the ripening harvest and famine and distress follow. He imparts into the air a deadly taint and thousands perish by the pestilence. These visitations are to become more and more frequent and disastrous. Destruction will be upon both man and beast. So it's saying that Satan imparts into the air a deadly taint and thousands are perishing by the pestilence, right? So we are, it's been clearly shown that this COVID-19 was not a natural occurrence. It, was, it came from the Wuhan lab, right, if I'm not mistaken. They came out Great. and said, yeah, no, this was, it was from the lab. So we can clearly see that Satan is very much causing all these things and famines are being caused by the ripening harvest being swept away. That's, and, 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 and famine is following. But now, as you can see that this climate thing is, is, is it's a real thing. We cannot deny it, like I'm saying. It's just what we have a problem with is the solution of tackling this climate change. Do you agree? Mm. Absolutely. The solution of... The, the solution they're coming about with. So now we know that the COP26, which is taking place um, starting on Sunday, actually, it's beginning to take place. Now, this is just all the world leaders, all the businessmen and every prominent person in the world. They're coming together 
to look for solutions to um to tackle this climate change issue and interestingly enough today today is the 28th 29th 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 the pope is meeting with the american president joe biden now to mm. protestant worlds to, to the Pro- protestant world this must raise our eyebrows because according to the bible the pope of rome is the first beast right according to revelation 13 and the president of america is the second beast from if you read revelation 13 from verse 11 and it says that the image of the beast is going to give is going to lead the whole world again to worship the first beast now if you look at the history of the papacy it's a bloody history right mm. and interestingly enough we find that jfk was the first president which was catholic he was the first catholic president and he made it very plain that church and state should remain separate under no circumstances should, should church and state unite I mean, America mm-hmm. was raised upon this principle of separation of church and state, right? But now we're seeing that the recent or the now president of America is very much um, for the combination of church and state. He openly speaks about his Catholic faith and he's ready to work with the Pope. And mm-hmm. we know what the Pope's, um, according to Laudato see the encyclical of the Pope, which was, which was released in 2015, the Pope's mm. solution to this climate crisis is um, Sunday legislation, right, to give the Earth rest. So this is we will tackle this in when as we go deeper into into Revelation, we'll see how these things are making sense and how we are involved in this thing. I'll just read a last statement from Last Day Events, um, page eleven. It says, "The calamities by land, by land and sea." The unsettled state of society, the alarms of war are portentous. They forecast approaching events of the greatest magnitude. The agencies of evil are combining their forces and consolidating. They are strengthening for the last great crisis. Great changes are soon to take place in our world and the final movements will be a rapid one. Now one thing I can tell our listeners is after COP26 we're going to see great changes taking place in our world. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll stop here for now. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and, and in all of these, um, in, in all of this confusion or um, people seeking for answers, I think it boils down to that. People want to sort out this mess. People are fed up of wearing masks, people are yeah. fed up of floods, people are fed up of wildfires. Um, so people are looking for a solution. Now, last week we spoke about God's method of dealing with his people. And we've learned that God always has a message for his people mm. um, to to help them or effectively to help navigate um to help them navigate through all the confusion and to know what is truth, mm-hmm. right? We we are dealing with the cleaver of truth. So in this episode, we are going to have a look at um, Revelation chapter 14 um, as or an introductory look at Revelation chapter 14. Um, but before we get into that, let's just have a look at the book of Revelation as a whole. Now, 
many people believe that the book, this particular book has been sealed and mm. that no one can understand it. There are some who hold to that belief. Yeah. I'm reminded of Amos chapter 3 verse 7. I think you mentioned it last week. Uh, surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret to his servants, the prophets. Mm. And we can take courage in this um, in this verse. I'm thinking of Jonah as well. Jonah was given a message to take to the people of Nineveh. And they repented mm. because of the message that the, was given to them. And because of that, they escaped the judgment. Mm. Right? We were dealing with judgment last week as well. So while the book of Revelation has many themes that are alarming and, mm. you know, one would be concerned or, you know, your eyebrows will raise when you read some of these statements. Um, but yeah. as well, the Lord does not want us to be ignorant concerning the future and to take heart and to be encouraged, you know, because yeah. effectively he's telling us that this, no matter how things look, this is how it's going to end. And we mm. know that Christ will be victorious. So let us and take hope and be encouraged. Yeah. 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 I, I was just going to say that's, <laughs> that's the only way we can find hope. You know, because another thing is many people believe that the book of Revelation is very scary, you know, mm. um, and I challenge them, read the book of Revelation or study the book of Revelation along with Daniel. Understand this book. You'll find so much encouragement and you'll know exactly what you need to do, you know, and you you actually anticipate the arrival of Jesus Christ, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. So regarding the book of Revelation, it is set up as a chiasm. Now, this oh, this thing is quite interesting. And <laughs> if if we if we will have a dollar for each time the word interesting is gonna pop up in this series, <laughs> I we will be rich, my brother. <laughs> but it, it's this thing is really interesting. So, um, a chiasm is basically a, a liter a literary structure, um, which, um, well, it comes from. The, the Greek word Kai, I think it's, I don't think it's pronounced Kai. I think the Americans pronounce it Kai. And you know how everyone likes to copy America. So we'll we'll just go with it, Kai. Um, and uh. it, it basically looks like the English letter X. Now it's, the the English letter X is basically just two lines in opposite directions. Mm. And this is the, the gist of what a Kaiism is. So for an example of what a Kaiism is, we can go to First John 3 verse 9, which, which reads, Whosoever is born of God, doth not commit sin. For the seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Hmm. So you see these themes being repeated. Now, have you ever, when you began reading the Bible, have you ever wondered, why are these authors repeating? They're always repeating. And yeah. and in this repetition, you see the beautiful structure of a chiasm, where hmm. in the first case, John is saying, um, whosoever is born of God, that's the first point, Doth not commit sin. That's the second point. Then it highlights the central theme. Uh, for his seed remaineth in him. That's the central seed. Now it repeats the first and second uh, views or items or ideas. It repeats. Now it says, um, it, it, it highlights for his seed remaineth in him. Then it repeats, for he cannot sin mm. because he is born of God. So it's just a, re a, a repetition of ideas in opposite order in opposite direction hmm. so even the bible oh the bible <laughs> hey the bible is beautiful even the bible i mean in in 
in the opening scenes of the Bible, we have the entrance of sin into the world. Round about the middle, we have Christ descending from heaven and coming to earth. Right? Mm. Then you have, uh, so this is a chiasm of contrasts. Uh, you can have a chiasm of, of equals or you can have a chiasm of opposites, um, mm. contrast. So you have the entrance of sin into the world. Then you have, around about in the middle of the Bible, you have Christ uh, descending from heaven to earth. Then you have mm. Christ ascending from earth to heaven. Then you have, towards the end of the book, uh, the Bible, you have sin exiting the world. Right? So it's it's opposites. Uh, chasm of contrast so it's uh, it's really beautiful so i want to one scholar um gives sort of an outer chiastic uh, structure of revelation so in revelation chapter 1 verse 1 or in revelation chapter 1 uh, verse 1 to 3 the bible deals with the trustworthiness of christ mm. right revelation chapter uh, 1 verse um uh, Chapter 1 to chapter 3, it deals with the faithfulness of Christ. Revelation chapter 4 to 9 deals with the justice of Christ. Then Revelation chapter 10 and 11 deals with the truth of Christ. Then Revelation chapter 12 deals with the love of Christ. Now it follows in descending or reverse order. Revelation chapter 13 and 14 deals with, once again, the truth of Christ. Revelation chapter 15 to 20 deals with the justice of Christ. Revelation chapter 21 to 22 deals with the faithfulness of Christ. Revelation chapter 22 uh, deals with the trustworthiness of Christ. So you clearly see the chiastic structure of the book of Revelation. Um, so it's, it's really beautiful and Sort of, I, I like what the scholar highlighted when it comes to Revelation chapter 14. He, he calls it um, the truth of Christ. Mm. So this is particularly what we want to deal with in the series, right? The cleaver yeah. of truth. And so uh, our listeners might be wondering why Revelation chapter 14? Why not start with chapter 1? Mm. So in the chiastic structure, we can clearly see that emphasis is placed on uh, the central theme and in in our case it would be the truth of revelation chapter 14 um which contrasts with the falsehood as well of revelation uh revelation chapter 13 uh, where it deals with um the beasts coming up out of the earth or uh, and the sea so this is the essence of what we want to tackle um and i think we will begin in this episode with revelation chapter 14 from verse 6 so if you could perhaps read that for us uh, from 6 to 12. Okay. Um, <clears throat> also, if we... I'll just give another statement for the book of Revelation, especially the three angels' messages and their purpose. It says that God has called his church in this day. Right. So now a church is basically a body of believers. God has called his church in this day as he called ancient Israel to stand as a light in the earth. So God called his people to be a light. Remember, God says, you are the light of the world. Right? And says, by the mighty cleaver of truth, the messages of the first, second, and third angels, he has separated them from the churches and from the world to bring them into a sacred nearness to himself. 
He has made them the depositaries of his law and has committed them to the truths of prophecy for this time. Like the holy oracles committed to ancient Israel, these are sacred trusts to be communicated to the world. We find that in Councils to the Church, page 58. So God has called us out or he has separated us by this message. I think it shows the importance of this message. Um, if we can read this message found in Revelation 14, 6 to 12, it says, verse 6, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Verse 7, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Verse 8. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. Verse 10, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Then verse 12 concludes by saying, Here are the patience of the saints, here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Uh, so in, in this passage, we have, I mean, I, I should have said as well, um, that the book of um, the book of Revelation is saturated with uh, sanctuary language, number mm. one, and as well with 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 the language or the ideas uh, presented in the book of Daniel. Mm. And in this passage, particularly, we have uh, so much rich terminology. Um, we talk about three angels. We we mention uh, the everlasting gospel. We'll deal with that in the next uh, episode. We see these angels flying. They are proclaiming to the world a message. Uh, we see the hour of God's judgment. What do all these things mean? We, we, we see a call to worship the Creator. We are the, uh, Babylon is mentioned. The wine of, of wrath is mentioned. Uh, fornication with the kings of the earth is mentioned. The beast, the image, the mark, the number of his name is mentioned. Uh, God's wrath poured out without mixture is mentioned um the patience of the saints is mentioned um though the worshipers of the beast uh, they will be incinerated with fire uh, is mentioned uh, the faith of jesus the 144000 that's uh, in the greater part of revelation chapter 14 uh, these themes are all mentioned um and throughout the series we will be breaking these points down one by one uh, looking at them individually and in depth um, and that is the whole idea uh, or the focus of the series. 
So we will start with Revelation chapter 14, particularly from verse 6. And in this episode, particularly, we will uh, unpack verse 6. So if you look at the first point that we see in Revelation 14, we see that in the very first line it says, And I saw another angel. Now in the Bible, well, I used to think, and I think many of us used to think that at a certain point in time, we're going to see angels in the midst of heaven flying, you know, and shouting with loud voices a message. Until I realized that the, the, the book of Revelation is filled with, symbolic, um, with symbolism. And if you look at Revelation, 4, Revelation 1, verse 1 to 4, I'll just read it quickly. It says that the revelation of Jesus, which God gave unto him to show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angels to his servant John, who bore witness to the word and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and, and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is, at, for the time is near. John to the seven churches in Asia. So this message is seeing it's filled with some symbolism. So God gives this message to Jesus. Jesus signifies this message, right? This message becomes symbolism, right? And he gives it to his angel. And then from, his, from the angel, this message goes to John. From John, this message goes to the churches, from the churches, then the rest of the world, right? So we see that symbolism is filled. So now what we need to understand is it's not three literal angels that will be shouting and proclaiming the message. Right. In the Bible, the Greek word for, 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 for angel is messenger, right? So angel and messenger is the same thing in Greek, right? And just to give examples of what I'm saying, if we look at the book of Galatians 4 and verse 14, we see something very interesting and it will make us understand more what the role of messengers or angels is. Verse 14 says that, this is Paul speaking. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, he despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as even Jesus Christ. So we know that Paul is not a divine angel, but he's saying that you receive me as an angel. What he's basically saying is you receive me as a messenger from God, right? Um, if I can give another example, we can go to James 2. The verse is 25. James 2.25 says that, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers, the angels, right? And had sent them another way. So Rahab received the messengers. Remember the messengers in Jericho? Rahab received them as messengers. But you can also say that she received them as angels, right? It's the same thing. Angel means messenger in greek right and then we know that this message is specifically given to god's people right as we saw in in in, in revelation 1 from verse 1 to 4 it's given to god's people now we know that the preaching of the message has not been given to divine beings or heavenly beings it has been given to mortal human beings as sinful human beings we are holding this message to give to the rest of the world and we can see this in Matthew 28, from 18 to 20, the Great Commission. It says that, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, This is the disciples he's speaking to, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here God is again saying, I am with you, bringing that thing of divine and human working together, right? And if we go to Acts 1 verse 8, it says that, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So without God, we can do nothing. And without us, God can't finish his work because he needs to finish his work through human beings. So we, true success comes from divine intervention and human effort. That's what brings true success. Right, so Acts 1 verse 8 says that, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we're seeing that angels are the ones that help human beings in proclaiming this message. Right, Angels as in divine beings are helping the heavenly or the earthly angels, messengers, to bring this gospel to all the world. And there's many examples in the Bible of this um, co-relationship or co-laboring together. If you go to the book of Acts 8 verse, um, verse 26, we see an interesting account taking place. It says that, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Now Philip was one of the disciples, saying, Arise and go toward the south the way that goeth down to Je to Jerusalem and to Gaza, which is desert. So here the angel comes and tells Philip that you need to go this direction. You know, so it's not it's not human beings um doing their own things. I'm reminded of the verse now in first Peter in Second Peter one verse twenty one. It says that um for prophecy came not in old days by the will of men, but holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So it's not human beings just thinking I need to go this direction or that direction, but it's heavenly angels, heavenly messengers, right? Divine help that is aiding human effort, right? Um, if I can just give one more account, also in the book of Acts, if we go to Acts 10 verse 3, we see an interesting account of this taking place as well. It says that he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him Cornelius and when he looked on him he was afraid and said what is it Lord and he said unto him thy prayer and thine alms are come up for a memorial unto God so now this is an account where Cornelius saw the vision and the heavenly being the heavenly angel told Cornelius what he needs to do and this is how Cornelius and Peter were linked together you understand how in the spiritual realm, the angels or the divine power is controlling everything and just um, inspiring the human beings and giving them visions and telling them what they need to do. So basically, when, you say, when we read in Revelation, it says that angels flying in the midst of heaven, it's human beings that is preaching this gospel, this message, but they are being helped by heavenly beings. So these angels, they are flying in the midst of heaven, which means that their message is of heavenly origin, right? So this message uh, is sent by God uh, and it has an 
heavenly origin. So in contrast, Satan is the king of the abyss, according to Revelation 9 verse 11. So we see that his message and his representatives come from the sea. Revelation chapter 13 verse 1, uh, you've mentioned the two beasts um, in in the chapter of, uh, in the 13th chapter of Revelation. And then one from the earth, or that is the land, the physical land um, in verse 11. So we see that his message comes from the earth. And we can see this contrast very clearly in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, where it reads, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. So it connects earthly with that which is demonic. Verse 16 says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. Verse 17, But the wisdom is from above, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 18, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here we clearly see the contrast uh, by that which is from above is pure, peaceable, etc. And that which is not from above, which does not send from above, is demonic. Revelation chapter 18 verse 1 says, uh, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. So the glory uh, of this message is of heavenly origin. And then just to close off uh, a last point on, on this particular um, aspect of Revelation 14 verse 6, we know that God's throne is in the north. And Isaiah 14 verse 13 tells us, For thou hast said in thine heart, speaking of Lucifer, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Uh, the north being the throne of God. So we can clearly see that the messages of God, and in this case, the messages, the message of these angels are of heavenly origin. All right. So point three, we see that this message is given with a loud voice, right? I saw an angel saying with a loud voice. So loud voice is basically to arouse people. Right. If you want to wake someone up, you don't whisper, hey, wake up. You shout, you know, with a loud voice to arouse this person. So the loud voice is just representing power and authority of the message. Right. And this message must be a straight message. You know, you cannot stand in between and you need to be. There's no political correctness with this message. Mm -hmm. It's a message that must be given with power and authority. Mm -hmm. And the word is actually megaphone, mm. just mm. to like just to show how loud mm. and powerful this message must be. And we also we also we yes. also told that this, the the straight message will cause the shaking. Yeah, or the straight testimony yeah. will cause the shaking. Yes, yes. So this message must be given with power, and basically the consequences must be left to God. Mm. Yeah. So. In the verse, we also see that angels are flying in the midst of heaven. Mm. Now, Miracle, you know this is my favorite line, right? Yes. <laughs> Can I preach, my brother? Can I preach? 
<laughs> so they yes, are, are these are these angels are they are they crawling miracle? no 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 Mm-mm. Are, are they walking miracle they are not walking <laughs> miracle are these angels are they running they're not even running <laughs> miracle these angels they are flying they are flying. They are, <laughs> they are flying in the midst of heaven this indicates that this message is to be announced with velocity with swiftness uh the wings being a fitting symbol of that and if we look in daniel 7 we know that uh there is a beast uh a leopard like beast with four wings which uh, is very symbolic of the kingdom of alexander the great in light of how swift the conquests were if we look at ezekiel 1 verse 13 to 14 it also speaks of angels which move at the speed of light so it reads as for the likeness of the living creatures their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures, the fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. And the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of mm. lightning. Also in Daniel 9, we the, the prayer of Daniel is, is recorded. And when Daniel began his prayer, Gabriel was sent to answer it. And we see that even before he finished his prayer, it was already answered mm. and Gabriel arrived so very yeah. beautiful and then another point we see that the messages is for all the world I mean it says that to every kindred nation tongue and people so it's just it's an inclusive message it's for everyone whoever wants to come can come and heed the message um if we see in Matthew 24 verse 14 and Mark um, Mark 16 verse 15 and 16, it says that Matthew 24 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. So the end is not going to come unless this message has been preached. And the preaching of this message is a, you just need to wait, to be a witness for Christ. Many times we think that we must convert people and no, our, miss, our, our role is just to be witnesses of Christ so that others may come to him. And Mark 16 verse 15 says that, And he said unto them, Go, ye, go all into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So this message is to go to all the world. But then also we're seeing that at the same time with this whole COP26 thing coming into place. So COP26 is basically a conference that is uniting the whole world together, religious and political world. So at this con Cape Cod, um, COP26 meeting, we're seeing that the business people, the thinking men and world leaders kings and queens everyone that is important in this world is going to be at cop 26 right basically what i'm trying to say is there's another message that is uniting people right and if we if we see revelation 16 and the verse is 13 we see that another message or 
another three angels' messages contrary to what God is saying is being sent out in the world. Um, Revelation 16 verse 13 already says that, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Mm. The dragon is Satan. Mm. Mm. Out of the mouth of the fo- out of the mouth of the beast, the beast is the Roman papacy, mm. right? The Pope, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, the false prophet is the fallen Protestant churches. So now, the fourth and the fifth, or the fourth or the fifth of October, we saw all the religions. I think it was forty religions, re- world religious leaders at the Vatican meeting with the Pope, which is the beast, mm. right? And people. Islam was there, Lutherans were mm. like, one would ask the question, what what are the Lutherans mm. doing at the Vatican, mm. you know? Because the whole Reformation chaos started with Luther. Mm. But now the Lutherans are again going back to that beast which mm. Luther directly opposed and all the other reformers. But now we're seeing that the religious leaders are finding themselves there at the Vatican mm. making a deal with the Pope to come together to solve this climate mm, crisis. Mm, mm, so now the, the religious leaders has already signed the the, the joint um, agreement. Mm. Now at COP26, the political and the other leaders of the world must now come together to sort out this climate issue. So what I'm saying is another false message is going out to the world, right? And this message is also uniting people. But now, where, where the confusion is coming in now, this, like the Pope is a religious leader, right? So, but that's a false religion. So now it's confusing people because now they're including religion and the, 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 pol, um, the political parties. Mm. And we are clearly told that church and state must always remain separate, mm. right? Whenever church and state unite, it's not good. So now we're seeing that church and state is really uniting now. The Pope and all the religious leaders and the world leaders are coming together now to find a solution together. So this is another false message which is contrary to the message of God because God is saying that we need to come out and be separate. Mm. If I can give you the purpose of God, the purpose why God has given us the three angels' messages, mm. it says that in manuscript releases, volume 1, page 228, paragraph 2, it says, God's purpose in giving the third angel's message is to prepare a world, is to prepare a people to stand true to him during the investigative judgment. Now, in the very first angel message, you see that it says that the hour of his judgment is come, right? It says, is come, present. We are in the judgment hour right now, right? And while the world is gathering their own to unite god is also seeking a people that's going to take this message of the three angels and apply it to their lives and let this message change them mm. and and side with god so it's like two classes are being drawn out from this um contrasting messages and like the loud voice of the angel it's a message of you need to choose a side it's authority no political correctness choose a mm. side mm. understand so we need to make sure which side we are choosing and we need to make sure that it's the right side because it says that God's purpose in giving this message is to prepare people to stand, right? So if any message is not preparing you to stand true to God, best believe it's part of Babylon. It's a false message 
and you need to get rid of that message or you're going to be destroyed along with the false prophets and the beast and the dragon. Mm. So if yeah. if I could just latch onto that, um, you're mentioning the two sides. Now, we we really need to understand um, the the one side that is not or, or the the opposing side to to God. Now, before we mm. before we proceed any further, I think it would be wise, or it would it would. I think we should really stress the point right off the bat that when we speak yeah. about Catholicism, when we speak about Islam, when we speak about Jehovah's Witnesses, when we speak about any given faith in the world as a system, yeah. we are not referring to the individuals yes. of the system. There are many sincere and faithful individuals in every single faith in the world. So mm. we are uh, we are highlighting the system for what it is, not the individuals upholding mm. the system or I should say the individuals um, the faithful and sincere individuals who by the way uh, most of them have no idea what the system actually stands for on? so yeah. just to get a better idea of of the system that's opposing God um, you've mentioned you know um, that there is a counterfeit or a counterfeit three angels message so Pope John Paul II in his apostolic letter in May 18. Uh, 1998 said this whoever denies or places mm. in doubt any truth that must be believed with divine and catholic faith and does not come to his senses after having been legitimately warned is to be punished as a heretic whoever uh, rejects a teaching that the roman pontiff or the College of Bishops exercising the authentic magisterium have set forth to be held uh, definitively or who affirms what they have condemned as erroneous and does not retract. Interesting word. Does not retract after mm. having been legit legitimately warned is to be punished with an appropriate penalty. Now retract. Mm. Martin says, I will not retract. Show me from the word of mm. God my error. Yeah. He was told to mm. retract. So we're seeing the very same ideology, the very same principles of Rome, which brings mm. me to Jeremiah 13 verse 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard mm. his spots? We are seeing that Rome does not change mm. and is likened to the Ethiopian changing his skin. So I've... Uh, I I've, I was in a, a talk not too long ago, in actual fact, a book launch where the brother mentioned and he stressed this point, can the Ethiopian change his skin? And he said, no, they are stubborn. They cannot. And he said, do you want mm. to know why? So he said, when they come to, <laughs> when they migrate and they come to South Africa, they bring their injera with them. So <laughs> just to, to stress and highlight, you know, Rome cannot change. They, they, they do mm. not change. Um, I can read you another quote. Um, Mm. This is from Pope John Paul II as well. Um, a person who violates the sanctity of Sunday is to be punished as a heretic. So you've yeah. you've mentioned in the beginning the Sunday legislation. Um, so very, you know, the stance is very clear uh, and they are mm. not shy about it and they do not hide it. Pope Nicholas yeah. I in a letter to the King of Bulgaria in 1860 AD had this to say, I glorify you for having maintained your authority by putting to death those wandering sheep who refuse to enter the fold. 
And mm. you not only have not sinned by showing a holy rigor, but I even congratulate you on having opened the kingdom of heaven to the people submitted to your rule. A king need not fear. Oh, oh, open, sorry, hmm? sorry. Open the kingdom of heaven. Mm. <laughs> to, to the people submitted to your rule. To the Wow. A king need not fear to command massacres, right? Remember that. A king need not mm. fear to command massacres. You've mentioned that uh, the the religious worlds are gathering with the kings or, or meeting up with the kings of the world. So this is the mm. the 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 command or the message from the the leaders of faith. A king need mm. not fear to command massacres when these will retain his subjects in obedience or cause them to submit to the faith of Christ. And God will reward him in in this world and in eternal life for these murders. Hey, mm. let me read you Pope Leo the the seventh, I think, uh, November the first, eighteen eighty five. The unrestrained freedom of thinking and of openly making one's or openly making known one's thoughts is not inherent in the rights of citizens and is by no means worthy of favor and support. Hmm. So you you see, human rights are integral and a part of what the papacy dubs natural law, All right? Mm. So, hey, this this thing is very interesting. So you've mentioned Ladato C, right? Now, mm. if you've ever just taken, or if you've had a moment to browse through this document, on page one one five it reads. Human ecology also implies another profound reality, the relationship between human life and the moral law, which is inscribed in our nature hey? and is necessary for the creation of a more dignified environment. Now, you've mentioned that people are unsettled and want to sort out the mess of this environment. And mm. here the Pope is instructing and saying that this moral law is essential to creating a dignified environment. Now, it says that this law is inscribed upon our heart. Now, Miracle, what does the Bible teach us about the nature of, of fallen man? Mm. What does it tell us? It tells us that it is deceitful. It is, mm. it is miserable. It tells us mm. that you cannot trust it. The Bible says yeah. that there is not one righteous, no, not one. No, not one. Yes. So it the is heart is deceitful above mm -hmm. all things. Absolutely. So we, we cannot mm. trust it. And here it is saying uh, in this is encyclical that we must uh, go back to the moral law, the natural law, which is inscribed upon the heart. Now this, friends, is serpent language that is found in Genesis chapter 3. Right, mm. where the serpent proposed that you will be like God. So, mm. effectively, what he's saying is, we tell you what to believe, not God. Mm. We tell you what to believe, mm. and this is the document which will be central to COP twenty six in actual fact, mm. and the answers mm. to mm. all or the solution to all the calamities the world is facing will be sought after in this very document. Mm. So. Just a point to note, um, if I can close off maybe on this particular point with one last quote, David Hunt, A Woman Rides the Beast, Harvest House, 1994. The Constitution of the United States was condemned by the papacy because it separated church and state, right? Mm. And prohibited the establishment of any religion by the government. 
The popes, on the other hand, had long required governments to make Roman Catholicism their official religion and to prohibit the practice of any other. So we can mm. clearly see that the papacy despises the constitution of the United mm. States and will do all in its power to assert its own uh, ideology uh, above that of the current constitution of the U.S. So, so while God is giving his three angels messages to prepare people to be faithful and loyal and to keep his commandments, mm. the Roman Catholic system is... Remember, the Roman Catholic system regards itself as the mother, according to Revelation mm. it, 17. It, it, it actually declares that it has no sister churches, just rebellious It has daughters. no sister churches, mm. yeah. So now, by uniting with Rome, these other Protestant churches and these other religions, they're basically submitting themselves to Rome, mm. to be under Rome. So Rome is having control of all those. So now, once Rome has control of the religious world, and today Biden and the Pope are meeting, that is church and state uniting. Because initially what, what, what makes a beast is just that the beast must have control of church and state. So if you look at the Pope, why he's so um, on the spotlight is that he's the only one that is the president of the country and is the only one that is the leader of the religion of the country. Right. He's the leader of Rome politically mm. and he's the leader of the church religiously. Religious so political now, in, power. Exactly. So America must now start controlling religion as well. Then an image of the beast would, would be formed. When America starts church and state religious political power, then it's the image of the beast. But we'll get deeper into this later. But now I just want to show us how dangerous we are, the point we are at. If you see the history of Romans, a very dark mm. and bloody history, mm. according to the statements we just read mm. now. You have no freedom. Your, relig your, your freedom of conscience is taken away. So now America is going to duplicate Rome. Hence they call the image of the beast. Because an image is an exact copy of the original. So when America enforces, um, re, when it when it takes religious and political power, then it it would have formed the image of the beast. So now, God is calling His people to be faithful and loyal to Him, while the world is calling um, people as well to be faithful and loyal to them and their religious political powers. So it's, it's it's a lot of confusion with this thing with this issue. And, and anyone who wants to have an idea of the, the degree of persecution of, of, of Catholicism in the Dark Ages just mm. has to pick up a history book. And I would highly mm. recommend the book, The Great Controversy. Um, mm. Just, it, it, is, it is really something. Um, I, don't, I don't even have words to describe. Uh, I'm thinking of, of, John, of John Huss. I'm thinking of mm. Jerome. I'm thinking of of all these uh, reformers who Wycliffe, were martyred, Wycliffe, who, who was oh. burnt at the stake alive. Mm, mm, so mm. just to, yeah, we, I, I suppose maybe we can talk about that as we move along in the series. But another point, mm. to bring up another point. So 
we know that these angels um, in verse 6 and 8 and 9, they are structured, they have an order, they are sequential, they are cumulative, right? In the first angels, you have a positive imperative command to worship the creator, right? Uh, we'll talk about mm. that as well in the next episode. Then you have the second angel who has an announcement and a call. Then you have a third uh, angel who warns you, right? A message of warning. So if you do not accept the first, you will likely reject the second and the third. Mm. So mm. Babylon rejected the first angel. Um, mm. And that's why and she falls. She exactly. So mm. you will mm. not accept the call to come out of Babylon if you reject the first angel's message. So it mm. is ordered, it is structured, um, and it is sequential. Mm. And I just like that if you see the first angel, the first angel is basically you need to accept it because after that, it's showing you the result mm. of not accepting it. And the third one is showing you the penalty mm. of you not accepting it and then verse 12 obviously gives you those people that have accepted the message because the message of the first angel is saying you need to fear god and give him glory as a sovereign ruler of the world acknowledge that god is the creator of the universe right so that so you and they cannot be twisted around like you said they need to be in order on the next point also we see that this is god's final message as well because right after this, we see in Revelation 14 and Matthew 24, it says that, um, I'll just read Revelation 14, verse, Revelation 14, verse 14, it says that, Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. So basically, a sharp sickle or a sickle is usually used for harvest time, like in the farming sharp sickles used for harvesting now we can also we can see that the two messages that has been going out in the world the three angels messages and the false three angels messages prepares two different classes right and god is coming to a harvest and taking his class that has been ready and then the rest will be burnt because that's what you do with chaff mm. or the, the the weeds that you don't need in in, in your in your field you burn it mm. so the people that do not accept this message who received the warning given by the third angel's message. Mm. And also, Matthew 24 says that, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world as a witness, and then shall the end come. Mm. Only when this three angel's messages has been accepted or when has been preached into all the world, then only can the end come. So the end cannot come unless um, the messages have been accepted. So if you believe, right, that we are living in the last days and you can clearly see what we're speaking about because it's not really difficult to, 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 to look at. Just look at what the political world is doing and just look at the religious world. They are uniting and God is calling a few people to stand faithful to him. So if you believe that we are living in this time, you need to accept these three angels' messages. Take a good study at them and understand what condition we need to be in before Jesus comes. Mm. It's it's very interesting as well. The world or the bulk of Christianity is looking towards the east, right? Mm. They are looking for a literal uh, antichrist sitting in a literal temple. Mm. Correct. Meanwhile, 
the actual Antichrist is sitting in the temple of God as we speak. So mm. it, it is the temple of the body of Christ. Yeah. Correct. So it's it's very yeah. interesting um yeah to 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 understand and, and to analyze all these aspects. Then another point that we can latch on to is that this message will be accompanied with great power uh, in the form mm. of the latter rain. Um, so mm. the message will ultimately, as we've been saying, it will polarize the world, it will divide the world into two groups. And it's also interesting, yeah. I, I think we can touch on this uh, as we go along, but when sin entered into the world, you also had two classes. I'm, I'm maybe getting yeah. a bit ahead of myself here, but we can talk about that more um, as, as we mm. go along. So now here at the end of the world, we see also two classes, um, the mm. harvest and the grapes. Um, mm. So we see the world, even now in a global pandemic, the world being polarized um, by different ideas, uh, different practices, people um, on one side, people on the other side, um, some trying to be neutral even. Um, but we, in in this battle, we know that the whole world will take sides. Um, mm. Cannoli says that there is no demilitarized zone. Hey, mm. none whatsoever. Mm. Everyone will choose a side, and the message will mm. polarize the world. So at Pentecost, yeah. at Pentecost, it was prophesied by Joel that the early rain would be poured out, right? And it has mm. been pouring yeah. out ever since. Now we know that. Mm. Uh, before Christ comes, the latter rain will be given, which will ripen the crop of the mm. harvest. Mm. And this message will then ripen your heart effectively and prepare mm. us for the heavenly harvest, which is soon to take place. Yeah. You can find that in Revelation 14, uh, verse 14 to 17. So as it was in the days of Pharaoh, when God told Pharaoh uh, to let my people go, and Pharaoh's cry mm. was, mm. who is mm. the Lord? That I should obey, obey I should his, worship him. Who, who is this mm. God you're talking about? And he, his heart was hardened. So this message mm. will have a similar effect which will either soften or harden the heart. Mm. And once the message hardens your heart, then you receive the mark of the beast. And once you receive the mark of the beast, you receive the wrath of God unmingled. And we'll we'll talk about the specifically the, what the mark is and and all that pertains yeah. to that uh, in the coming episodes. Yeah. So we see another point. It says that the three angels' messages are directly linked with the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. Mm. Um, now we know this from several reasons because now the first angel says that the hour of his judgment is come. Mm. Right. So we'll speak more about this in the coming lectures, but. The angel says, fear God and give glory to him, right? Mm. So if you look in Ecclesiastics 12, verse 13, fearing God, this fear is not being afraid of God. Mm. No, this fear is an reverencing and respecting God and, uh, and acknowledging that, no, God is the creator of the universe. And so Ecclesiastics 12, verse 13 says that fear, and let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So, fearing God goes along with keeping his commandments. The Bible says in John 14 verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, this is a fear of love. Mm. It's a fear of 
reverencing God. You need to fear God because God is not your is not a mere human being. This is the king of the universe, you know, and that sounds like a normal statement, but if you meditate and contemplate on the king of the universe, mm. you know there are billions and billions of galaxies in this God is the king of that. So you need to fear him and give him due respect mm. of the... Just like you would fear any president if mm. he comes. You're not mm. fearing him because you're scared. It's a reverence. It's adoring like someone of power is here. So the Bible is saying fear God, right? While the other false angels message is saying fear man and keep man's commandments. Like you see the, the constant um, battle. And then giving glory to God. If you look in the sanctuary again you'll see that in the most holy place where the law was, on top of that was the mercy seat and then the Shekinah glory. Right? So the Shekinah glory represented the presence of God. Right? So now, I always say, if I'm getting in a debate with someone who's not of the same faith as I am, like we're probably debating about should the commandments be kept, be kept or they were nailed to the cross, I always try to help them understand that if you understand the sanctuary, all these arguments wouldn't be there. And that's, I think that's the problem with the, with, with, the, with the Christian world. That's why there's so much division. Because the sanctuary message has been taken away. No one knows about the sanctuary. You know? Um, the Bible says in Psalm 77 verse 13, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. So if you want to know more about God and understand God's will for you in your life, you need to go nowhere else but the sanctuary. Right? Um... And think of Psalm, Psalm 73, verse 6, and says that when I thought to understand this, it was too painful for me to understand mm. until mm. I went in the sanctuary. Then I understood the end. So David was, was very frustrated about why is it that the wicked people or people that don't keep God's commandments are always prosperous. Um, yeah. They're prosperous, mm. but they're not. I'm being faithful to God, yet I am suffering but the wicked are prospering but they're not keeping god's commandments then it says that until i went into the sanctuary, the sanctuary then i understood the end I, that must have given him comfort you know the sanctuary what i'm trying to say the sanctuary explains everything and without keeping the sanctuary the bible falls apart because the bible like you said is built on this issue of the sanctuary you hear god saying that destroy this temple in three days destroy this temple and i'll rebuild it again in three days you hear paul saying your body is a temple of the holy spirit which is in you and then you hear revelation saying and the temple of the temple in heaven was opened now temple and sanctuary is the same thing right so the bible is built on sanctuary and if you look again to like moses the israelites in the wilderness god give, gave them what a tabernacle, a sanctuary so that he can dwell among them. And we are like a type of the Israelites going to the heavenly Canaan. So the, And if you look through the book of Hebrews, trust me, you won't understand it if you do not understand the sanctuary. So right. effectively as well, the, the sanctuary message then just, uh, if I can just drive it home into a single sentence, that it tells us how God deals with sin. Yes. Effectively. Perfect. So then an, another point, um, a last one before we close off. Um, this message as well is not a trivial matter. This is serious. Uh, in fact, it's mm. it's a matter of life and death. Um, 
ultimately those who accept the message, who proclaim it, who receive it into their hearts will receive the seal of God. Those who don't Mm. reject it, the mark of the beast. Um, as I've mentioned before, there's no middle ground. There is no demilitarized zone. You're either inside the city or you're not. Um, yeah. So perhaps you can summarize for us the points that we've uh, covered um, and then we can close off. Okay. So first point, we realize that angels is just another word for messenger. Right. This message is going to be proclaimed by human beings that are being aided by heavenly beings right, or by heavenly power. Right. And then point number two, we say that this message is of a heavenly origin, right? meaning that it's from heaven. Whatever comes from the earth is of the devil. It's from Satan, not from God. God's message comes from heaven, represented by the midst of um, heaven. And then this message is to be proclaimed with a loud voice, meaning that it it's going to go out in power and great authority. And then realize that this message is present truth for our day, for mm. our time, especially now. Right? It's an urgent message. We need to awake and realize that something great and decisive is about to take place and that our world is on the verge of, of a stupendous, stupendous crisis. crisis. So we need to heed this message now more than ever. And this message is not for a certain group. It's not for Seventh-day Adventists or for Lutherans. It's for the whole world, right? It's a it's a global message because God loves, says the Bible says, for God so loved the what? The world that he gave his only begotten son. So this message is for the world, right? Whether you are a believer or non-believer, it's for you. You need to take heed because God is about to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. So you need to, this is his message of saving us. So you need to accept this message. Then this message must be given in order, right? Don't misplace the order of the message because God has calculated that the first angel must go first, the second, and then the third, and so forth and so on. And then this is also God's last message to the world, the world that is facing great decisions to make. God is giving us a message to aid us in our decision-making, to show us what the fate of the world is going to be if we follow the world and what the other side is going to be if you accept his message. So this is his last message for a dying world. And then you see that this message is empowered by God, right? Through the latter rain, right? That's again, you see that the divine and human working together. And then the this message, specifically the judgment, is closely linked with the heavenly sanctuary. Mm. Right? So we know that the sanctuary on earth was just a shadow or a type, according to Hebrews 8 verse 1 to 5, it was a type of the sanctuary that we find in heaven. Right? So this message is linked with the sanctuary. Right? And then this message is also a matter of life and death. It's very crucial for us to heed this message and understand what God is saying to us because it's his final message which is going to determine your eternal destiny mm. absolutely thank you so much uh, for that summary so I think we can just close off we we from this message we can understand that God will have a people who will accept who will proclaim mm. and who will obey this message and they yeah. will be victorious over all the powers that we've just mentioned, however uh, destructive they may be. We know that, you, hey, I, I always marvel at this. You cannot 
persecute a fundamentalist. You can't. You just. You cannot eradicate mm. them. The minute you persecute them is when they rise up. So, irrespective <laughs> of the Tertullian said. Tertullian said. <clears throat> um, Tertullian said one of the 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 people in the I think it was the apologist. He said that the blood of the mm. martyrs is the seed mm. of the church. Absolutely. Um, so, so irrespective mm. of 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 the political arm, which the papacy will yield. Mm. Or wield, I should say. Um, they they will be victorious, God's people. And the central mm. issue, uh, which is brought to light by the cleaver of truth, the three angels' messages, will divide the world mm. into two camps. And we must stress this point. Mm. We hear many theories of the mark of the beast being a chip or something of that nature. Mm. The central issue is worship and obedience. And with that, mm. will mm. you please pray for us? Let's close our eyes. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for the three angels' messages that you have given to us, dear Father. You say that surely you will do nothing, but you first warn your servants, the prophets, dear Father. Thank you for giving us the last warning message, dear Father. We see how serious it is and we see the state that we find ourselves today in the world, dear Father. My prayer is, dear Father, may you please give us that divine aid for us to obey and to worship you no matter what the cost is, dear Father. We see where the world is heading, dear Father, but we long to serve you with all our minds, soul and strength, dear Father. So please give us that strength. Help us to remain faithful to you, dear Father. And I'm praying for those who have not heard this message yet, dear Father. May this message go out to them as well and open up their eyes, dear Father. We trust, we know that there are many people that are deceived, that are not knowing what is taking place in the world, dear Father. May you please um, strive, may your spirit strive with them and bring them to the truth, dear Father. Please be with us now and continue to keep us safe until we meet again in the next episode. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that you were blessed by today's talk. Please do share it with your friends and family and subscribe so that you don't miss a new episode.